We are on Nun Amin Aleph 50A3 in the Archgul Gemara. We are beginning a new parak, a new chapter. We are up to the fifth uh, chapter. This is a short uh, chapter. It's really only one Mishnah. There's only one long Mishnah in the beginning. And then there are a few pages of the Gemara's commentary on this Mishnah. And so we return back to the topics of Yibam and Chalitza. And there will be comment- commentary for about uh, three, four pages. So for the next three, four weeks, we'll be analyzing this uh, Mishnah. The next parak, the sixth parak, discusses topics outside of the realm of Yibam. Uh, but this parak, this current uh, Mishnah, and the Gemara that relates to the Mishnah, will be focusing on Yibam and Chalitza. So just a quick review and a, a few additional points that will help us as an introduction for this Mishnah. So, uh, Yibam is when a person's brother is married, uh, they do not have any children, and then he passes away. And so there's a mitzvah to do either Yibam or Chalitza. Yibam would be for the brother-in-law to marry his sister-in-law, which in general is a very severe prohibition. Uh, but within this context, and only within this context, is it not only permissible, but it's in fact a mitzvah to do Yibam. Alternatively, if they do not want to do Yibam, which is a form of getting married, Yibam, the way Yibam was done is by having uh, sexual relations, and that's how they fulfill this mitzvah. Uh, if they don't want to do Yibam, so then they have a way out of doing Chalitza. The process of Chalitza we've addressed in the past briefly, but it will be discussed further later on in the Mesechta, in the tractate. In addition to Yibam and Chalitza, those are both on a biblical level. There are also two additional actions which can possibly take place on a rabbinic level. And those two actions are ma'amar and get. Ma'amar is the rabbinic form of doing yibam. Yibam on the biblical level is to have sexual relations. Ma'amar is to do any of the other forms of kiddushin. There are other ways uh, to do kiddushin. There are three ways in that a person could do Kiddushin, could have a halachic engagement. One of them is by having marital relations. That is exactly what Yibam is. But the other two is by giving money or a ring, which is what we do today. We give a ring. Uh, alternatively, one could give a document, a document, a shtar, a document to say that they are uh, getting engaged, halachically engaged. So if a person, instead of doing Yibam, instead of having marital relations, they either give a ring or they give a document, uh, that says that they are they are now married. So, because it is uh, acceptable as a form of a halachic engagement, so on a rabbinic level, this would be a rabbinic form of yibam. And as a rabbinic form of yibam, it doesn't accomplish yibam on a Torah level. One would still require to do the actual yibam, the actual um, act of sexual relations. However, it would have various implications and ramifications. If a person does mamar, this rabbinic form of yibam, a few things happen. We have various stringencies which apply. So there, let's list off three things. Number one is that let's say the, the context is where there are multiple sisters-in-law. There are multiple wives. The brother was married to multiple wives. Uh, so if he does, if the brother-in-law does yibam, does sorry, does mamar to one of them, so now he's forbidden to the others. Just like when it comes to yibam, there's a concept that. That a person could only uh, do yibam with one of the sisters-in-law and not with any of the others. Uh, 
cannot do Yibam twice. So too, by Mamar, once a person decides and says, I'm going to do Mamar to this one, let's say there's Rachel and Leah. Rachel and Leah are the sisters-in-law, and he does Mamar to the Rachel. He's no longer able to do Yibam with Leah. That is ramification number one. Number two is that if he does Mamar with Rachel, he now, it says, if they have a stronger relationship, even though they have not done Yibam yet, on a biblical level, it's only on a rabbinic level, but now he becomes forbidden to Rachel's relatives. And number three is that if they want to get out of it, if they want to continue to keep it, they could go ahead and do Yibam. In fact, the rabbis have suggested that the best way to do it is first to do Ma'amar, is to first, let's say, give a ring, and then to finish it off with Yibam, which is on the biblical level. Uh, however, if they want to undo it, if they want to separate, so then in general, all we require is chalitza, this form of chalitza. However, because mamar was already done, this rabbinic form of yibam, so therefore we require not just chalitza, but also to give a get. You have to give a divorce document um, and not just chalitza. So we would require both, because since on a rabbinic level it's viewed as though they fulfilled Yibam on a rabbinic level, so therefore we require the giving of a get, uh, the divorce document, in addition to chalitza. So those are the three ramifications if a person does mamar. In addition to mamar, on a rabbinic level, there's also the concept of a get. In order to uh, get divorced or separate in the context of Yibam and chalitza, there's a requirement of, uh, on a biblical level, there's a requirement of chalitza. On a, a rabbinic level, we say that if you give a get, chalitza is very different than a get. Chalitza has its own separate process, which we'll get to. But a get is to give a divorce document, which is, occurs by any marriage. If there's a divorce, then they require a divorce document. So that's not what is needed on a biblical level. However, if they do do this on a, uh, a give a get in this context, let's say to the brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they haven't done yibam or chalitza yet, and the brother-in-law gives a get, that gives this divorce document to his sister-in-law, so then on a rabbinic level, it's like they are divorced. We still require chalitza, because on a biblical level, nothing was accomplished. But on a rabbinic level, it's viewed as chalitza was done, or as though there was a separation. And this too has ramifications. Two ramifications to this. So again, first of all, you, this is not a ramification. You still need to do chalitza. Even before the get, you had to do chalitza. But even after the giving of the get, you still have to do chalitza. But once you, do chalitza, once you give the get, the divorce document, so now there's a principle that just like when it comes to chalitza, let's say there are multiple sisters-in-law, Rachel and Leah, they are the wives of the deceased brother. Uh, so if a person does chalitza to Rachel, then Leah doesn't have to do anything. In fact, you, you cannot even do yibam. You can't even do yibam to Leah once you did chalitza to Rachel. So, so too, if the brother-in-law gives a get, gives a divorce document to Rachel, so now also he's not allowed, even though it only, only has rabbinic uh, significance, but a person's not allowed to do Yibam to Leah. He would not be allowed to do Yibam to Leah. That's ramification number one. And number two is that if he did give a get to Rachel, give this divorce document to Rachel, so now he's forbidden to marry any of Rachel's relatives. It's like they, just like if you would give Chalitza to Rachel, you are now forbidden to her relatives. You're permissible to Leah's relatives, but it's forbidden. you're forbidden to Rachel's relatives. Uh, so too, if you give a get to the divorce document, you become forbidden to her relatives. Okay, that is all the basic introduction, Yivam or Chalitza, and then on the rabbinic level, we have Ma'amar and the giving a get of a divorce document. Those are what is normally done in a regular marriage, and so therefore there is a rabbinic significance if it's done within this context of Yibam or Chalitza.
So let's begin the Mishnah. It's a long Mishnah, and so hopefully we'll cover part of the Mishnah today, and we'll try to conclude it in the next recording. The Mishnah says as follows, Rabbi Gamliel Omer, there's a dispute between Rabbi Gamliel and the Chachamim. Rabbi Gamliel says, Ein get acher get ve'ilo mamar acham, I'm rev lo be'ila acher be'a ve'lo chalitza acher chalitza. Ve'chacham omrim, yesh get acher get ve'yesh mamar acham aimer, avalo acher be'ila ve'lo acher chalitza klum. We have a dispute between Rabbi Gamliel and the Chachamim. Let's say the context is as follows. A brother passes away without any children, but he's married to two women. He's married to Rachel and he's married to Leah. Rachel and Leah are not related to each other. They're just co-wives. That's how they are related. They are co-wives. Uh, to the deceased brother. And so let's say, uh, if the live brother, let's call the live brother Ruvain, if Ruvain does Yibam to Rachel, or does Chalitza to Rachel, if afterwards he does anything to Leah, whatever he does to Leah, let's say uh, he gives a get to Leah, or he does Mamar uh, with Leah, it has zero, everyone agrees, it has zero significance. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't It doesn't register. Just like if a person gave a divorce document to some random person on the street, it would be meaningless. It wouldn't have any ramifications because you're not related. So too, if a person does Yim Rechalitza to Rachel, once they do Yim Rechalitza, which is uh, solved, which changes the whole picture on a biblical level, so then to do anything to Leah would be equivalent to uh, giving a divorce document or doing Ma'amar uh, to any random person, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't even uh, register. Um, however, there is a dispute about the rabbinic uh, equivalent to yibum or chalitza. What happens if they gave a get? Let's say the brother-in-law Reuven gave a get, a divorce document to Rachel, or let's say he gave a uh, or he did mamar, he gave a ring to uh, Rachel. So on a rabbinic level, once they fulfilled something on a rabbinic level, what happens if they then go ahead and do something with Leah? If they then give a get to Leah, does that have any significance? So Rabbi Gamaliel says, no, absolutely not. No significance whatsoever. The Chachamim, however, argue and say, no, that's not true. It would have significance. It would have Because it's only on a rabbinic level, the, the first action which took place between Reuven and Rachel was only had a rabbinic uh, significance, so then so too when it comes to uh, the second action which a person does with Leah, with the other, with the co-wife, that would also have significance because it's only on a rabbinic level. It's not on a biblical level. That is the dispute between the Chachamim and Rabbi Gamliel. This dispute between the Chachamim and Rabbi Gamliel will come up again later in the Mishnah. The Mishnah now sort of uh, takes a step back uh, to just discuss a different situation, but we will get back to the opinion of the Chacham. And what does it mean there are ramifications to Leah? What exactly does that mean? If a person gives a get to Rachel and then gives a get to Leah, so then what happens? What, what happens exactly? So we'll get there. That'll be in the next recording, but the Mishnah really takes a step back and says, what happens in the following scenarios where we don't have a simpler case where it's not Rachel and Leah or Koaiz, but let's say you just have Rachel. Let's say you just have Rachel. The Gemara says Ketzah. How do we rule with regards to the case of a single brother-in-law, one, one single brother-in-law and one sister-in-law? And so the Mishnah will uh, work in stages. We'll discuss that case first, and then we'll see in the next recording the next case of what happens if you have two uh, sisters-in-law, two Yavamos, which is when we get into this discussion of the dispute between Rabbi Gamliel and the Chachamim. But now, for now, the rest of the Mishnah for today's recording will discuss a situation of just one single Yavam, one brother-in-law, and one Sister-in-law, one Yavama. 
Case is as follows. What happens if a person gave the mamar with his sister-in-law? Mamar, he gave a ring, a rabbinic form of an engagement. And then after he gave the ring, and then he gives a divorce document to his sister-in-law. What's the ruling there? So he gave a ring, the rabbinic form of, an enga- of this yibam. Then he gave the get, the rabbinic form of a divorce document. So the Gemara Mishnah says, we require chalitza. Since he gave a get, a divorce document, there's no longer an opportunity to do yibam. And so therefore we say you have to give chalitza. You have to do chalitza because you already gave the get. You already gave the divorce document, which works on a rabbinic level. So therefore you're no longer allowed to do yibam and you have to do chalitza. That is case number one. Case number two, what happens if you did mamar, the rabbinic form of engagement, and then you did chalitza. The biblical form of, of the separation. Still, we still say, because you did mamar, the rabbinic form of yibum, we require now a get to counteract the rabbinic engagement or rabbinic yibum. We say you have to give a get, you have to give a divorce document to sort of counteract that, even though you already did chalitza. So that is case number two. Case number three of where you did mamar first. Asa mamar v'baal. What happens if you did ma'amar, you had a halachic, um, on a rabbinic level, a halachic significance, and then you ended up doing yibum. So the Mishnah says, Harezu this is perfect. That's exactly what should be done. You should first do ma'amar, give the ring, and then you should fulfill yibum, and that's exactly what's supposed to take place. They are now fully married. That is all within ma'amar. What happens if you did ma'amar first, this uh, rabbinic form of yibum? The Mishnah now discusses the next scenario. The Mishnah will be discussing a lot of these different scenarios. Next scenario is Nasan get Vasamamar. Let's say the first action is the brother in law, Ruvain to Rachel. All there is is Rachel. There's no other no other uh, co wives. So Ruvain gives a get. He gives a divorce document which works on a rabbinic level. And then afterwards, he does, after he gives the get, he does Ma'amar. He has a rabbinic engagement. Tricha get Vichalitza. So the law is. Is that you're not allowed to do yibam because he first gave a get, he first gave a divorce document that undoes any opportunity for yibam because on a rabbinic level, it's like they're separated, so you're not allowed to do yibam. Uh, however, we still require the giving of a get. You have to give another get. You already gave a get, but then after you gave the get, you had you did mamar, you gave a ring, which has rabbinic significance. And now we say because you gave the ring, you have to give a get, you have to give a divorce document. And you have to do chalitza. You have to have the divorce document to counteract the mamar, which is all on a rabbinic level. And you have to do chalitza uh, to undo the connection on a biblical level. Case number two, Nasan get ubal. What happens if you give a get? Ruven gave a get to give the divorce document to Rachel, and then afterwards they do yibum. So he gave a get, and then they did yibum. But you're not allowed to do yibum. It's a prohibition. It could be a rabbinic prohibition, but there's a prohibition that once you gave a get, you're no longer able to do yibum. But he went against the rules and he did yibum. So what do we say? We require both a get and chalitza. They're not allowed to remain married, but they have to have a divorce document to get rid of the yibam. But we also require chalitza. We also require chalitza uh, to undo uh, the connection that existed from before the yibam. The yibam was done improperly. Case number three. So what happens if he gives a divorce document which works on a rabbinic level, and then he does chalitza, which is a, the furthering of the separation on a biblical level, that's fine. That's exactly fine. You don't have to do anything after the chalitza. That's fine. That's a further form of separation. No problem. That's that's fine. The mission now discusses 
What happens if you did chalitza first? They're going through all the different permutations. What happens if you did chalitza first? So chalitza, if you did chalitza first, that is on a biblical level. It's a form of a separation. So therefore, the Gemara says, Vasa Maimonos and Geruba, what happens if after Chalitza you then did Mamar, or let's say even you gave a divorce document, or let's say even you did Yibam, you're not allowed to do Yibam, because once you do Chalitza on a biblical level, you are not allowed to do Yibam to marry your sister-in-law. Once you went in the direction of Chalitza, you actually did Chalitza for the separation. You're not allowed to do Yibam. That's the concept of Kevin Shilobana Shivlo Yivna, that once you already decided that you're not, and you acted, that you're not, don't want to build uh, and continue uh, the previous marriage through Yibam. Once you decide that, you're not going to continue it, so therefore you're not allowed to do Yibam. So therefore, if you did Yibam, it's really, it's, it's meaningless. It doesn't accomplish anything. So the Mishnah is going to end up saying that after, once you do Chalitza, once Chalitza is done, everything else doesn't have any halachic significance. Similarly, Oba, let's say the first action you did was Yibam. You ended up doing Yibam, which works on a biblical level. And then after you do Yibam, Va'asam Maimar, Nasanget Vachalat, after you do Yibam, you then do Mamar, you give a ring. Or let's you even give a divorce document. Uh, the divorce document might help just to get divorced from a regular marriage, but if it's just, you give a divorce document, uh, thinking that this is a divorce document for, uh, for the Chalitza, but it's not, uh, the point is that it doesn't have added significance with regards to the connection of Yibam. It might work to get divorced, but you just, uh, it doesn't have any, the point is that it doesn't have any uh, relevance to the Yibam, to the Yibam per se. Or let's say after Yibam, you then did a Chalitza. If you did a Chalitza after Yibam, it doesn't mean anything. You did Yibam on a biblical level, you accomplished everything, nothing else has to be done. And if you do Chalitza, it's meaningless. It's like doing Chalitza to any random person. It is meaningless. So the Gemara says, "Ein achar chalitza klum," and Rashi explains it means once you do chalitza, any other act is unnecessary and doesn't have any significance. And the same thing is true with yibum. If you do yibum first, any future act is unnecessary. Again, this is all with regards to if there's one yavam and one yavama, one brother-in-law and one sister-in-law. So then, any future act is uh, unnecessary and meaningless. It's equivalent to doing chalitza to some random person. It doesn't have any significance to it. Because you already did Yibam, so that completes everything on a biblical level. The last two cases were Chalitza and Yibam, where it accomplished something on a biblical level, so then that won't, uh, that'll be the final step. And anything afterwards is, doesn't have, does, a, does not have halachic significance. The first two cases that we were discussing was what happens if you first gave a get, a divorce document, or you first did Mamar, you first gave a ring. So in those cases, it only has halachic significance on a rabbinic level, so then any other action after that could potentially have halachic ramifications because there's still more to be done there's still that zika there's still that connection between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law so that is what the Mishnah says with regards to when you have one brother-in-law and one sister-in-law Ruvain and Rachel the Mishnah will now continue in the next recording uh, to discuss the opinion of the Chachamim of what happens in a case where there are multiple uh, co-wives and you did let's say one action to one co-wife a different action to the other co-wife uh, would that have halachic relevance or not Okay, so we'll see that in the next recording.